Today on episode 107 of the Home of Play podcast, new PS5 firmware update is out with new features and we get confirmation variable refresh rate support is officially coming to PS5. A new Witcher game has been announced and it's being developed on the Unreal Engine 5 and Sony acquires another studio. All that and more. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everyone. Welcome back to episode 107 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Stephen. With me, I'm joined by the King of Platinum Trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or pay for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you enjoy your leisure. We only ask you to help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the Squirrel Squad about the show and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone private while we discuss the recent acquisition of Haven Studios. On today's episode, we have all the news that you want to hear from last week, uh, but first, I think, as always, we must talk about what we've done last week in the gaming realm. So, Chris, what have you been doing this last week in terms of gaming? Not very exciting. Um... It's been a really busy work week and just lots of stuff going on in personal life. So I have not had a lot of gaming. Um, I played maybe two or three hours of Elden Ring. Uh, I found this underground city place that's like really weird. It's kind of cool. All these torches you have to light that I assume leads yes. to a boss. But I couldn't. Yes. <laughs> I, I could not get all the torches lit because... I gave up and it's not an easy area. Like stuff kills me pretty quick there. So I bailed. I I didn't do like complete that area for actually quite some time. By the time I did come back. Yeah. It's quite easy. Yeah. So, but it's interesting and it's like super long elevator ride and it's, it's not, I wouldn't call it a spoiler or anything because you can almost find it right at the beginning of the game. It's a little off to the side, but it's, it's pretty much right there. So, you just walk into the building and go. That's pretty much my experience with Elden Ring for most of last last week anyway. Um, the other big one was I got Ghostwire Tokyo. Yay! And I'm liking it quite a bit. Um, it seems like there's a, a fair amount of story. Like the, I'm constantly being pushed forward for story reasons, which is nice. Um, anybody who doesn't know the game, it's like a first-person mystical arts sort of type of combat game there's all these kind of like uh monsters or horrors that are constantly attacking you um not constantly but they're around every corner so if you if you don't notice them then they're rush up to your face really quick they, it could be kind of startling or at least unnerving i wouldn't call it super scary or anything at least not yet there's it's more just like suspenseful they, they hit that suspense mark pretty good and then, yeah, it's like Mystic Arts. You're constantly blasting with, like, wind, fire, water type of element attacks. Uh, all your attacks are limited, so you have to, as you kill things, you'll get, like, more shots. Or there's environmental objects that you destroy that'll give you more ammo for... It's kind of, It seems kind of random which type of uh, ammo you'll get. Like, right now, I got the wind, water, and fire. Fire, you get your maximum amount of ammo very low and it's mostly because the fire attacks do a significant amount of damage compared to the water or wind attacks at least at the beginning anyway it seems to do that uh really enjoying it i like the the obviously the environment a lot like being in tokyo like it's funny like we're big persona fans and the game almost starts like the very first street i was walking down is that same shibuya street and it's like, I'm like looking at the the buildings. I'm like, okay, yep, this is right out of there. This is, this is definitely right out of Tokyo. Cause it's the, I'm like, yeah, that's where you would buy the books. That's where you would rent the movies from Persona. So it's, it's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, lots of cultural things. Like some of the collectibles in the game are like masks and statuettes that are like, like culturally significant to that area. 
of the world. So lots of collectibles, lots of things to like read. And I'm actually like interested in the, like the things that you read. Like it's like people telling their little short stories of what's happening or just like a message they send to like a family member or something like that. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Like the, I guess the premise is like, I don't know if I should say the premise, but essentially you get in a car accident right at the beginning of the game, nearly die. A spirit jumps in you. And then there's this blast of like fog that makes all the humans disappear for the most part. And then you, you survive because the spirit had jumped into you. And then you're pretty much, uh, initially like you have different motivations because your spirits try to do one, one thing. And then you want to just find your sister for some reason the sister didn't disappear in the fog so i'm still trying to figure that out but it's all that's right at the beginning of the game in the very first chapter so uh i'm interested uh revealing things in the maps really cool there's always like something around you to do some of the quests are like goofy like one side quest was like a spirit's like trying to take a dump and it's like you have to ha- help them by finding toilet paper and stuff like that and it's like it- it's really goofy stuff gets you experience level up unlock skills and all that stuff so i'm only like four or five hours in but i'm having a a pretty good time with it there's just lots of stuff in the environment it's just it's it's a really pretty game um there's one topic we're going to talk about today one of the articles that i don't know the games you have lots of options like when it comes to like performance mode quality mode and all all these other different things and i don't know for, for me i'm not a quality mode guy like i can't play the games in like it, it feel like the frame rate gets so reduced. It's like the game when I first turned the game on, it started in quality mode. Yeah, it looks great, but it feels like I'm playing in 30 frames per second, which is just sluggish and awful. And I don't like losing that precision. So, but overall, I'm enjoying the game so far, and just the, all the story beats that I'm hitting. So, that's pretty much been my week in gaming this week. Uh, did you play anything this week? Uh, so my week of gaming, uh, very simple, like yourself, I did not have a lot of time this week. Um, sadly, I had, I think, the after we recorded, I think last week, maybe the day after, so it would have been Saturday, I got some game in with, uh, you know, more Elden Ring with a friend, and then the other day was Wednesday, and other than that, I have no time for gaming. It's been very busy. Still enjoying Elden Ring. Not much more to say. I'm very close to the end. I think I'm in the last area. Um, looking forward to getting my ending. I think I already decided which ending I want because I've done a lot of side stuff. And uh, apparently I have done enough things that I have multiple choices for the ending. And uh, I'm quite excited to get there. Um, I think I'm ready finally to r- roll credits on this game. Um, you know, still in love with it. I might still even do New Game Plus or just make a completely different character would be interesting to try magic i I don't think i've ever really done a full magic uh build before so you know we'll see how that goes but uh yeah just still really enjoying elden ring uh yeah this game is going to be one for the memory banks uh for all time i think and i really can't wait for you know if there's going to be dlcs or whatever else but uh they they got me whatever they release even if it's a book or a comic book like we talked about before like i'm gonna be there day one so bins great it's bins great that's not english so anyway chris we don't have to waste a lot of time on me like i said all i played is elden ring so i say we move on to the news so this week we're going to start with smash hit pc action rpg lost art could be considered for consoles this one comes from push square Lost Ark, the online action RPG, has been a colossal success on PC since its launch in February, topping concurrent user charts for weeks at a time and pulling in huge profits from its in-game purchases. The title's immense popularity means that involved parties are always going to be asking about potential ports, as is the case in the new interview from VG247. Uh, Amazon Games' Somian Park gives a wishy-washy answer, but at least it exists in quotes. If Lost Ark on consoles is something the fans really want, then I think it's something both parties would consider. And that's the end of the article. I summarized I summarized it quite properly. Uh, Chris, I'm just going to start this one off because I think it's kind of like, although I believe you enjoy this game more than I do, it's in my ballpark because I played this game with a controller already. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a few people try to like talk on this topic, 
and I feel like they're ill-informed. Uh, and that's not me gloating with my giant ego, but I'm just, a lot of them are like, yeah, I think it could be done. I'm like, it absolutely can be done. Cause I played this with like a c- controller, like a standard 360 controller on my PC. There's no reason this game couldn't be. I think they already thought this through. I a hundred percent think this was the end goal. And so this, I, you know, I could be wrong, but I absolutely right now, if I'm a betting man, this was going to come out eventually regardless. And I definitely think we'll be seeing this on the PS5, PS4 shortly. I hope so. I, I, I know the game's doing like really well right now and having it on the consoles would be, I think, another significant boost. Um, and definitely be pure profit for them, you know, in all honesty. So uh i'd be excited it, i i would hope that uh the game would have like uh not not cross play well yeah cross play but cross account save i don't know what that terminology is called where it's like i could just jump onto the console and play with my pc character that type of thing mm. i can't i don't know what i yeah. can't think of the terminology of what it would be called but that would be awesome if it had that so it's like your accounts unique you know unique to all three systems and whatnot so yeah that count cool. sharing count yeah. sharing yeah i can't think of the term but I, I I know the terms out there because they talk about it for yeah. Fortnite and stuff. But you're right, I I can't remember it either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it would do great on there. Like you say, the controller support works. There is I know there's definitely some wacky button presses that you have to do for some of the the abilities or using some of the items in certain ways. Uh, and I don't just mean like consumables, like more quest specific things where you have to press a different button than usual. I know on the controller it was it was weird at first for you to figure that out because it's like you have to hold one button and then press another button type thing. But once you figured it out, you knew what it was. So, I I mean back in the day, I remember uh, thinking like, how could Diablo work on uh, a console? Like I just I couldn't figure it out. Even when I think Diablo One did come out on console at some point, it was still like it's like, will it be as good as the PC version? In my mind, it was it could never be as good, but Having played like Diablo three on the console, it's like it works. It's doable. Well, and I think they were, you know, thinking of that, and that's why I think the changes they made happen. Yeah. I agree with you. I think Diablo two would have been a harder thing, but even that's on console now. So yeah. clearly they've thought around that as well. But yeah, Diablo three I think was designed uh to try to make that transition easier. Yeah, much nicer than the originals for sure. So And it looks like the term we were searching for is cross progression. Pro- that's the word. Yeah, progression. It got me. So, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, if it has that, then I'll probably download it on both. Because, you know me, it's like sometimes sometimes you just don't feel like sitting at your computer and want to lay on your couch and play games. So That's 100% my entire thing with consoles. Uh, you nailed it. Uh, that's always been my argument. People are like, PC gaming's better. And I'm like, yeah, in some ways, it, can, it absolutely can be. In other ways, you get an infinite death loop in Elden Ring because you played on PC or... You're hacked out of your own account on Dark Souls 3, yeah. and it's not the greatest experience. But for me, it's never been about picking favorites or you know being a, a console elitist or a PC elitist. It's more just, that when, at the end of the day, you're right. It's just I, most of the time, I prefer just to be really comfortable. And sometimes if it's a simple game like Spider-Man, I can just seriously lay on my couch and play it and be absolutely comfy. And other times I just sit up, but I still find that more comfortable in my computer chair. I know some people get these amazing computer chairs. I know I'm just never that comfortable for some reason around my computer. Uh, so my time's always limited that way. So yeah, no, I agree with you. You nailed it. Like that's honestly, and even if this game, I, th- I'd probably put more hours into this game if it were on console. Although some games inherently I agree with are just PC games. Like you're not going to play Warcraft on a console, Yeah, that, right? that's the one ty- like, type of game, like strategy games that I still mm-hmm. feel like doesn't quite translate perfectly on consoles they've tried like and and they've tried like mad like halo wars was probably like one of the better attempts at it but there's always it's just it's it's not as smooth like any any game like that like imagine like you couldn't imagine professional like starcraft players doing it on console like there's just no way you could do that no and even other games they've tried like you said and it still feels like pc is the better route like i would say the sims as a weird example but that one i also feel like it's just inherently better on pc uh just better control especially for a game that demands so much um oh man i I thought i had another example but i just feel like yeah like real strategy civilization uh, very complicated like world warcraft like i don't know how you could ever get that to work just 
the way that game functions mm-hmm. um how you'd ever get it to work on console uh there's just and, and honestly like i'm the weird one my type of game that i i prefer to play on pc is always bethesda games just because i feel like you get so much more in your playthrough with these mods even cyberpunk there's so many good mods to make that game more than it is and so just in my head i'm programmed to now be like if it's a bethesda game like uh, skyrim or fallout 4 i'm like yeah play that on pc you're going to have a better time and even if you don't like the game you'll be able to change it so much that you'll at some point eventually like this game yeah (laughs) so anyway we don't have to spend too much time on that i think we're both in agreement more lost ark and more people having access to lost ark is probably a good thing so we'll move on stranger of paradise's first week of sales in japan is among the lowest of any final fantasy spinoff this one comes from bgc Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is the fourth lowest debut for a Final Fantasy spinoff in history in Japan. As posted by Game Data Library, a Twitter account that tracks Japanese sales data, only Final Fantasy Fables Chocobo's Dungeon on Wii, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles The Crystal Bearers on Wii, and Final Fantasy Fables Chocobo Tales on DS have sold fewer copies in their launch week. Can we also just make the, uh, like, I'm just happening to see a coincidence here, Chris, that you just named a bunch of Nintendo games as being the ones that sold the worst. Mm. This data only covers retail sales and doesn't reflect digital or or worldwide sales figures. The game has sold 46,849 physical copies on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 combined in its first week. The PC port, which is currently on Epic Game Store exclusive, has been causing issues for some players, a number of whom are reporting that the game is slowing down during combat. Ouch. Yeah, I'm hearing some people use numbers like uh, running at 120 frames and then suddenly it will jump down to like 40 to 50 frames per second. Oh, that's what you want to see. Which, you know, even still, like, it's weird for me to, you know, complain about that when Elden Ring easily, like, dips down to 45 frames per second. Um... So whatever, but I guess it is probably kind of uh, scary when you're, you're you're used to like 120 frames to shoot down that low, right? Yeah, it's a massive dip. Yeah. So I don't know here, you know, again, a lot of this data reflects just Japan, you know, so you can take it with a grain of salt, I guess, like that doesn't speak for the rest of the world, but I do have a feeling, and I think we've always had the feeling that this game wasn't going to be you know, the greatest Final Fantasy launch of all time. I mean, that was a no-brainer. Um, I think I'm just surprised. I, I do, I, I did think, um, you know, there's enough fans of the Neo series and things like that, plus other fans that are interested in the Final Fantasy series that might have been interested because of the connections there. So I kind of thought two parties would have formed and then this could have had, like, you know, a cult following at least, but now I'm not even sure about that. Yeah, I mean... We we talked about this off recording, like like the original Final Fantasy. Sure, it was what it was, right? But I don't think there's people like there's no market where people were like, we need a spinoff of the original game. Like it's just it's not it doesn't make sense to me. There are any other titles that would have been literally better. I think to like jump off of like Final Fantasy three is the one that jumps to mind very quickly like a spin-off title of that or just a remake which is i mean they could very well be working on that as well but it's just one of those games where it's like right off the bat I'm, my interest level was just super low cuz it was like who are these people do i care about this story this is such a drastic change from other final fantasy gameplay wise it was like ah just just did not grab me it kind of reminds me of uh you know we had this conversation recently of how the original Resident Evil movies just felt like they were movies and they used the connection, the name yeah. just to try to steal fans. And that's what this feels like. It kind of feels like they were just looking for a way to make another Neo and they're like, hey, you know, maybe if we use and I don't not necessarily saying the, the developers had that freedom of just like, you know, yeah, we're just going to name it Fall Fans. Obviously, Square, you know, there's some connection there and I, I would assume Square made that decision. Uh, and greenlit that so but whatever it just you know i'd even blame square for that too then and be like why did you just give this thing that had nothing to do with fall fantasy other than it just takes place in the you know the first fall fantasy's world right yeah which is an odd connection um 
and yeah, I don't know. I, and I think there's a lot of people like me. I don't, I don't speak for everyone, but I do think there's a, a percentage of people that look at these games and they understand there's souls like, and that doesn't speak to them, especially when you're talking about the same month that a souls game came out. Yeah. So I'm like, I think that could be another reason the numbers are so low. It's like, maybe we all like, I'm not, and obviously not everyone in the world bought it, but there's a lot of people that are playing Elden Ring that if you're a Souls-like fan or a Souls fan, you you already have your Souls game. Mm-hmm. So this game could, you know, see resurgence at some point. Maybe it goes on sale and the people that were too busy playing Elden Ring, you know, because the average playthrough seems to be anywhere from 60 to 80 hours. Uh, maybe they just don't have time for two Souls games at the same time. Even talking about this, I'm more interested in talking about Resident Evil <laughs> when you brought it up. <laughs> I know it's a jump, but the first two movies were good, but after that, like, I mean, the story was never 100% accurate, so, but it really spun off after the second one. Like, the first oh, two yeah. were good. After that, like, when they went to the desert, totally lost it. I know I'm totally off topic now, but I don't even care. I'm so mad after the second one. Like, the first two were so good. I mean... Damn they, you, Mia Jovovich uh, and your husband. <laughs> but then obviously, they made money because <laughs> they kept doing them. No, for sure. Because what, was there six or seven? Uh, six or seven, yeah. And I, yeah, I, and I continued to watch them in hopes that it would fix it. I watched everyone as well because I'm a loser. Uh, so we're going to move on. GTA Online is adding a $6 monthly membership scheme for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. This one comes from BGC. Launching on March 29th, GTA Plus, clever name, will cost $5.99 per month and offer members a range of exclusive benefits. In quotes, being a GTA Plus member will get you a recurring monthly GTA $500,000 direct deposit to your maze bank account, plus the opportunity to claim properties in the in and around Los Santos that unlock gameplay updates you may have missed out on. Uh, special vehicle upgrades, member-only discounts, GTA dollars and RP bonuses, and much more each month, Rockstar said. Players will need their, to own a copy of Grand Theft Auto V or Grand Theft Auto Online to sign up for GTA+. Plus. Members will gain access to a new set of exclusive rewards each month and special D- GTA, GTA Plus shark cards offering extra bonus cash. So the first month of benefits will take place starting from the 29th of March till April. And you will also find all the benefits on the VGC article. So, because uh, as Chris states, we're not going through them all. <laughs> and I appreciate that. So, Chris, um, you know what? I'm just going to start this off with, uh, I, I like the title of, of the article, Scheme. And this is so, oh, man, this just frustrates me so much. I, I just, you know, we just talked about this two, three weeks ago when they finally announced the next gen upgrades or whatever. And how mean you were like, this isn't free. This isn't just a free upgrade. And we were so perplexed by this. And then now they're just finding other ways to make you pay for this game. Like, oh my gosh, Chris, the game came out on the PS3. How are they still trying to like squeeze blood out of these diamonds? I honestly do not know. I suspect we know they make so much money. Like the online version makes zounds of money. So it's like, They've, I think they've probably gone back. They've balanced out where it's like, okay, what makes money? Okay, they, people are buying more credits. People are buying this. People are t- buying this. And they're, they, what they're doing is they're doing math in the background. They're calculating what's the most average price we could set on a monthly thing and what's the least amount of things we can give people. <laughs> to, to, that makes it almost worthwhile for them to spend yeah. the $6 a month. I'm like, I don't... I, I like GTA, and I even like the fifth one, even though I haven't played it a heck of a lot. It, I respect it. It's good. I, I understand. But it's like, I don't know. Like, it, is, it, is it an MMO? Has it become an MMO that requires a monthly subscription? And I mean, obviously, these aren't like necessary. You don't have to get this. But I have a feeling the people who are still playing this are probably going to get this, and this is going to make them a lot of money. That's a really good point. Like, I like what you're bringing up because for me, though, like, it's almost confusing because w- traditionally we find most MMOs start with a subscription service, lose enough customers that eventually it's like the panic mode, so they go free to play. Um, now this is the opposite. Like, what other game do we have in history that you know spends the first like? And I'm just throwing numbers out there. I'm not going to do the math because you know I'm five. But let's say like a game that's over ten years old 
like then decides like we're going to charge monthly (laughs) you know like i'm like what world do i live in this is just crazy and you're right there's there's diehard fans there's people that love these games i absolutely understand that um i enjoyed the single player myself i i thought it was a very fun game it was a good story but that was about it as soon as the online uh functionality showed up uh, you know i tried it like everyone else i probably put maybe 20 hours but then after a while i just it was the same it's more of the same and it just kind of felt like when you get tired of the story and you're just running around for no reason and chaos and i just got bored of that it's the same map same planes same helicopters i i don't know i can only do so much of that uh with zero reason and then you just come out so and maybe i'm just speaking for myself uh clearly it's doing good enough that they think there's some level successful experience from this change but whoo what a that's an ask man that is an ask yeah it'll do well so we're gonna move on to our next story New PS5 firmware update available now. It overhauls parties, lets you pin games, and much more. This one comes from Push Square. A little while back, Sony announced a beta for an upcoming PlayStation 5 firmware update. The major features included some big changes to how parties work, as well as the ability to pin games and apps. Well, this firmware update version 22.01-05.00.00, to be precise, is available right now. The update itself is just over 1 gig. The patch notes are actually pretty big, so let's go through all the major new features here. Game base and party have been overhauled. Game base is now divided into three sections, friends, parties, and messages, with parties now referring to voice chats. Your friends list is now filled under the friends tab for easier access, and friend requests and search are now found here too. It also looks like it'll be much easier to initiate share play with a group. Six new languages are now supported in the screen reader function, including Russian, Arabic, Dutch, Brazilian Portuguese, Polish, and Korean. Ukrainian language support has been added across the board. Trophies have been given a refreshed look, with trophy cards and trophy lists given a more colorful look. Additionally, the trophy tracker can now suggest trophies for you to earn while playing a game. Voice command preview can now be enabled, letting you say, hey, PlayStation, followed by a command. You can now use this to start up games or apps, control media playback, and more. This is only available in English for US and UK accounts, but we're sure this will be expanded out over time. There's still plenty more. In the games library, you can now filter by genre in your collections tab. Uh, The PS Plus app is now pinned to the leftmost side of the home screen for easy access. Speaking of pinning, you can now pin up to five games or apps to the home screen by highlighting an icon and selecting Keep in Home from the Options menu. Also, the icon ribbon now allows for three more games or apps to be shown. So that covers a lot of changes and additions, uh, which is good. I definitely noticed the that new pin to home button, but I didn't know what it did, so I didn't actually click on it. <laughs> you got scared. <laughs> I got scared. I did change is scary. Um, the voice commands, I've never used those in the past. I, I'm not a voice command person. Maybe I'm just, I'm not young enough to get Honestly, that. Honestly, if it will turn off the console... Because I still hate that, like, you can't just hold the button and hit turn off like we did with the PS4. It still bothers me to this very day. So if it works and I can just say, hey, PlayStation, turn the F off, I'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. That would be the one. Because I'm, I'm like you. I don't. I guess I, I can't. I'm changing as I grow because my house, we're implementing smart apps and stuff like yeah. that. Um, You know, we're looking at the doorbell next. Uh, I have the Google Hub Max, yada, 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 turn on lights, all that stuff. So I'm getting a little more comfortable with just talking to nothing. It's still very weird for me. even if I'm by myself in the house, it just feels awkward to just talk to yourself. Um, so like I, I'm slowly getting over that, but yeah, it's it is weird for me still to be like, hey, PlayStation, like, can you be my friend? I'm lonely, <laughs> and it's just like you know, and then it to tell you that I'm not a real thing. Please go outside, find friends the normal way, and I'm like, no, that sounds hard. Um, so anyway, I'm kind of excited for that. The other thing I want to point out. And I hope it's in this order, but when you talked about friends, parties, and messages, and them splitting, thank God. And the next uh, point I want to make is, please be in that order. I I want friends first. I don't care about parties. I hated how that was before, that I would have to, like, do three extra clicks to try to find, like, okay, I just want to know who's online. Yeah. 
So that's awesome. And then the messages being last two, I, I don't mind that. Again, if it is in that order, if it's not, then I'm again going to set everything on fire and run around. So probably screaming. But yeah, uh, this is great. I don't think we need to spend too much time on it. I, I like everything I'm hearing. Um, but I also want to save a little more time for some upcoming stories. So all I can say is get this, uh, editor's note though. Uh, there's also an update for your controller. So get ready to plug that in why you have to plug in and do these updates. No one will ever know, but, uh, there you go. So kind of speaking on what we have been speaking on, it's VRR support officially coming to PS5 in the coming months. This one comes from push square. Ever since the PS5 launch fans have been crying out for VRR support. VRR variable refresh rate is a software-based technology that smooths out frame pacing issues, essentially eliminating screen tearing and other visual artifacting. Hmm. Steven uses big words. Uh, basically, it makes games perform a little bit better. It's no wonder use. It's no wonder users want it. And fortunately, Sony has just confirmed it's finally coming to the platform. In a new PS blog post, the company has announced that VRR will indeed be coming to the PS5 in the coming months. The functionality will be supported on HDMI 2.1 compatible TVs and PC monitors, which is basically most modern displays. Sony further explains the benefits in quotes gameplay in many PS5 titles feel smoother as scenes render instantly, graphics look crisper, and input lag is reduced. The platform holder goes on to state that previously released PS5 games in quotes can be fully optimized for VRR through a game patch and that the future titles may launch with VRR supported, which makes sense. If you want, though, you'll be able to enable VRR even on games that don't fully support it. This may have varied results, but you'll be able to turn it on or off whenever you like. Whew. Sony signs off by saying more details will be released as we get closer to the feature's arrival, including the initial list of games that will be patched to incorporate VRR. Chris, this is the one thing I've been crying out for a while. Yeah. Uh, Xbox has had this for quite a while. It's been really depressing that we don't have this, much like how I also complain that, you know, Sony, well, even in the previous article you read about, oh, the media control. I'm like, do we have Dolby anything yet? No. Why? 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 It's over a year. This is ridiculous. And same thing with VRR, but thank God we're getting it, uh, even though it kind of sucks because now we're going to get this. And I, th I believe... Uh, unrelated but I, I believe i read that xbox might be getting um amds like fidelity you know their version of dlss and it's just like okay so we'll get this and we're still a step behind hooray yeah. <laughs> no it's this is uh almost a necessity at this point because these games like i talked about earlier when we try to play them in quality mode it's so hard to play them in like when you have the, those frame issues i just feel so sluggish i hate feeling sluggish yes. when playing these games so if this does anything to help improve that performance, that then you might uh, ch change the way I play games because I might try playing them in quality mode more than performance mode. So I, I think this is definitely something that should have been around a lot longer already, like you say, but at least it's coming. Uh, this is exciting. I'm, I, I'm even curious too if it'll add maybe even better performance to the performance modes. It probably will, so... It probably will. Uh, anything that makes the game run as if I'm playing it on a PC, except for the downsides of playing stuff on PC. Because <laughs> now we're getting so many different modes. Like, you know, Ghostwire apparently had six graphical modes. Uh, one that stands out for me is Ratchet and Clank. Like, I think they were one of the first to introduce, like, um, they used frame rate in a way, and I'm not the technical guy, so I, I apologize if this is confusing, but they used a weird frame rate um, that apparently if you had the proper TV would make it look smoother. It's like they were trying to do their own VRR and it's just like, so you're right. Like if it can help these other crazy modes, then like maybe we just, it will give developers more options and making a smoother experience for us. And otherwise I just echo everything you said. I think you kind of nailed it is like, maybe we'll finally play quality mode. Yeah. And, uh, that would be nice too. Cause uh, same thing, Elden ring, I need 60 frames per second. Um, if there was a way that they could kind of like, cheese it and make it seem like it's 60 frames even though it's not but it still looks better that might be an option for me like who knows and same with spider-man like i would like you know almost getting the feeling of you're almost playing performance mode with ray tracing but you're secretly like getting you know you, you could almost get that on the quality and then i feel like you get in true ray tracing instead of this uh yeah like i can't understate it when i when i do try the game in quality mode 
I do notice like the like visually it does look yeah. better. And it's like, yeah, I wish I could play the games in that mode. I just from myself, I, I can't do it. I can't play with the sluggishness. We, I was like one of the weirdest guys and I was one of the naysayers of like, I don't think we need 60 frames per second, but mama, look at me now. No hands because <laughs> I need more than 30 frames per second. I will tell you that. Yeah. And I'm the first one to admit I was wrong. And uh, yeah, and I like, and even now again, kind of how I made the joke about we're still behind Xbox by step. It's like, well, PC is now getting comfortable with 120 frames per <laughs> second. So it's just like, you know, we're kind of already behind. And then in, you know, seven years, I'll probably be like, what was I doing with 60 frames per second? But it's Look at me now, mom. Going, yeah, now I'm putting the hands back on the bars, mom, because I'm going to knock another tooth out. Suicide Squad PS5 will not kill the Justice League until 2023. <laughs> this one comes from That's a clever title. Square. I like that. Yeah. It was strongly rumored, and now it's confirmed, that Rocksteady Studios hotly anticipated... Hotly anticipated? Okay. Suicide Squad yeah. kill the Justice League has been delayed. The game originally due out at some point in 2022 will now not launch until spring 2023. Creative director Stefan Hill confirmed the news on Twitter with an amusing animation of the eponymous team looking disappointed in the original release date getting painted over. In quotes, I know a delay is frustrating, but that time is going into making the best game we can, he said. I look forward to bringing the chaos to Metropolis together. Thanks for your patience. Uh, editor's notes, Batman Arkham Knight launched all the way back in 2015. So Rocksteady hasn't released a full game since, you know, seven years ago. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, maybe, Chris, maybe you'd be better to lead this just because I am not anticipating this whatsoever. Uh, I'm a little bit of a naysayer, I guess, here. I'm not interested in Suicide Squad. The last movie was good. The one before that's garbage. Everything else tied around the Suicide Squad does not interest me. I'm starting to feel maybe it's because I'm so into like comic book, uh, like animated movie series and such like that, that I just I feel like it's overdone for me. I think the outside audience probably has been like, well, there's only been two movies. What are you talking about? But it's been a lot more stuff. Trust me. And I'm just not interested anymore. I don't care about these characters. They're so forgettable. And I'm really just done with Harley Quinn. So that really turned me off. Yeah. And it's just, it's not a Batman game. I'm not saying that it always has to be a Batman game, but like, I just think there was more interesting avenues they could have checked out here. Um, so yeah, I'm like, I, and I'm not saying this game's going to be bad in any stretch of the imagination. It could absolutely be a banger. I just, for me, what I've seen, it just doesn't appeal to me personally. I'm not going to try to speak for everyone. Yeah. I think I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Like, gameplay wise like that appeals to me because i've always been a fan of the batmans um like it's they've just been good games like rocksteady i they haven't had too many missteps like and yeah. if, if there was a misstep it was pretty minor uh so like you like you say i haven't even seen the new suicide squad movie yet i've heard it's really good the first one was whatever it was but if for me it's just it, my excitement for this is not high but in looking back, was my excitement like super high for the Batmans too? Not really. They were kind of just, they came out and it was like, yay, this is the thing that I'm going to play for the next two months. So it's, I, for me, my hype is never high on any DC related work, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I feel like they, they I, that's why I made that comment. I'm like, hotly anticipated Suicide Squad. Maybe it's hot. I don't know. For me, it's not. But I know maybe with the movies, hype is a little bit higher than it, it would normally be, I think. I mean, I guess people like anti-heroes, so this is probably maybe, I guess, a good take on it. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious of like the storyline and how well it'll be. Because like, this storyline's story kind of been done in like lore of Batman, right? absolutely so many times have we seen red kryptonite turn superman evil yeah. or i think in this case it's going to be brainiac turning them all evil but like i don't know i just feel like i've seen this in all the animated series the animated movies the comic books it, it has been done a few too many times now traditionally it's not always the justice uh sorry the suicide squad that has to stop them so i guess that's somewhat refreshing like i other times it's just been like batman by himself and so on but even like there's a recent release where I think it was, um, gosh darn, Darkseed or whatever, Darkseid, Darkseid, I, I, I always forget his name, um, where he took over most of the Justice League. So then it's like, the, it's the like, 
I don't even know what to like the, the the smaller B tier characters that had to like team up and make their own Justice League to fight the evil. Ju- and I'm like, yes, this has been over many many times. So I think that aspect too, I'm a little worn out on, and maybe why overall I'm just so negative on this. But you know, the the delay. Honestly, I don't care. I think we have a lot of games. If God Award hits, if Hogwarts Legacy hits, so even their next like WB owned property alone is coming out this year, Gotham Knights. So I just. I feel like we we have enough. I'm not too concerned. Uh, so this doesn't bother me too much. I get if you're looking forward to it. It has been a while. Like really, when you think about Arkham Knight, um, the last Batman game from Rocksteady, you know that was early PS4 life cycle. It's been a whole console generation. So I get why some people are like, okay, this is a long time. But I'm still one of the believers that I believe they were working on something. I've heard so many rumors about a Superman game. So I'm wondering if they tried and tried and it just they couldn't get to work and they had to restart and that would kind of make this timeline make more sense to me. Um, but whatever, if anything, I trust that their game will look pretty. Oh yeah. How about that? Yeah. You know, and, and I guess to try to be somewhat optimistic, I believe it's next gen exclusive or current gen, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that would be nice. So yeah, I can't complain about that. So there you go. But anyway, we got to move on to some more news. New Witcher game announced, developed on Unreal Engine 5. This one comes from Push Square. CD Projekt Red has announced it's now developing a new installment in the Witcher series. The last mainline Witcher title, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, released in 2015 for PS4, and it's being re-released on PS5 this summer. The Polish developer states that the new game will be the beginning of a new saga in the Witcher franchise. This reiterates what we already know with Geralt's story coming to an end in the aforementioned Witcher 3. This new Witcher title is being developed on Unreal Engine 5 in a strategic partnership with Epic Games. Interesting stuff since CDPR's previous game included the recent Cyberpunk 2077 have utilized the studio's own in-house Red Engine. It's also worth noting that CDPR is still working on Cyberpunk 2077 as well. Expansions, additional DLC, and free updates will still be on the, in the cards for the open world RPG, but as previously reported, CDPR is a much bigger company than it was when Geralt's last hurrah hit almost seven years ago. It suggests that the bulk of the developer's workforce will be on this newly announced project. Okay, Chris, um, before we get into it, I also want to make note that I, I think most people can tell that the the picture they released with the reveal of this announcement was uh, the medallion, but it's actually a lynx, not a wolf. Uh, most people saw that, but you know, I'm just going to be honest. I'm too stupid to notice that. So I just kind of saw it glance by and then later someone's like, it's a lynx, not a wolf. And I'm like, oh, they're really serious about no more Geralt. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm curious what uh, that can mean. That's that's a bit of a change in the sense that, I mean, all the hype right now in the game is because of the series and stuff. So I feel like this is going to, I don't know, like people who are just watching the series who are now interested in the game, they might not pick up on that change very quickly i mean obviously there's still time for actual like you know commercials and ads to come out for the game but i i feel like people might be i don't know confused or they'll be like well why are they switching characters now at this point when i'm just realizing what the series is and it's just because it's like hey there's already been three witcher games with Geralt, and we've we've definitely been through his story so i i I, it could hurt it it might not hurt it like it like people might not notice the difference and just expect to go in with Geralt and not I don't know it, there's so many questions it's I'm curious why they're doing this I am excited that they're using the new engines and whatnot um, I think that'll be exciting um, pairing with epic games whatever that's it's almost a standard nowadays so and then yeah at least they're still working on cyberpunk right yay <laughs> yeah so i i think where i'm gonna jump in is i i think you're right uh i think i'm personally ready to move past Geralt. like i love him as a character i would i would like to see him again like you know if it came out and they were just you know uh, this isn't gonna happen but like a year later they're like we were just kidding Geralt's back okay great i don't care um i'd be just as happy but at the same time i would want to believe that like a new character can happen and it can be just as good uh, just as enthralling and engrossing um so i'd be very down for that but i think what i want to talk about the most is unreal engine 5 Uh, we've seen so many tech demos now it looks fantastic and i want to hear more about people moving to unreal 5 you know there's some games have just been recently talked about that are still using unreal 4 and they're still in development and i'm like 
you know, you're just talking about this game. You're just talking about Unreal 4. Like, why is no one switching to 5 yet? This is awesome to hear. Yeah. Um, I, I want this to come out. I want it to be amazing. And I want... Yeah, and I, I really... And that's the thing. If it comes out and it's just that amazing, then I feel like it's going to have to force the industry to move forward as well. Um, but at the same time, like, let's face it, if it's CDPR doing what they did last time, you know, we could not see this game for seven, eight years, just like Cyberpunk. They do have a history of announcing things a little too early. I feel like they might be crunching hard on this one. <laughs> yeah. And also, I think it's going to be great for development. Uh, you know, Cyberpunk looked okay on PCs. Some people would argue and say it looked great. I think it looked really good. Um, it, one of the better looking games, but it still felt old because of that development time. Like, no, I don't think it felt next gen in my opinion. Like some of the lighting, the ray tracing for sure, but I wouldn't say it translated everywhere in that game. But either way, that was obviously on the red engine and it caused a lot of problems for them. It was a lot of the delays in development. It was it caused a lot of the issues in development. And I think it's really cool to see a company just acknowledge that and be like, you know what? Like if we want to get this out faster smoother have a better experience and make our fans happy then like maybe we go to this other engine that a looks better and it it's complete it sounds like it's easier to use and not to mention that but when you partner with unreal yes you have to fork over some of the you know some of your profits uh i can't remember what percentage but it's like they'll help you though like if you have problems like it's a partnership like it, they're behind you you don't have to just like try to solve all these problems by yourself with no prior knowledge so i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that but again i think we're running low on time so we need to move on sony acquires haven studios the new developer led by jade raymond this one comes from push square sony has announced the acquisition of jade raymond's development team haven studios the value of the deal is currently unknown if you're unfamiliar with the name we wouldn't be surprised this is a new studio that has yet to put out a game and is currently working on a PlayStation exclusive live service title. This partnership was announced a year ago, but now the platform holder is making Haven an official part of PlayStation Studios. PlayStation head Jim Ryan describes the developer as an emerging studio with an exceptional team of talent and says this is the company's first Canadian studio. Herman Hulst, who leads the first party PlayStation Studios, explains why the acquisition has been made now rather than waiting. He tells GameIndustry.biz they, in quotes, could have just carried on in the capacity of Haven Studios being an external development partner. However, the team's unannounced project is so exciting for us, there was just a desire to deepen that relationship. Okay, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on this article. Uh, like, it's, There's nothing to talk about. There's no game. There's, there's very little information about the game. And... Jade Raymond, as much as people bow down to her, is a producer. She doesn't make anything. She doesn't create anything. She's just really good at managing people. That's her greatest skill is people management. So I'm just kind of confused why everyone's so excited. I, you know, I'm one of those guys. I'm just going to say, like, prove it and I'll wait to see more. And I just think this is a weird move on Sony's part. Uh, they, again, Sony traditionally, you know, how we saw with Insomniac and blue points and how smart is they 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 curate a relationship and it's just slowly you know after a few games come out it's working they like the studio then they acquire them and i think it's an, a more earnest way of acquiring a studio uh than just outright buying a random thing you know like microsoft's traditionally known for nowadays and this is weird because now it just seems like they're just gobbling things up almost like panic. And I guess my last red flag is basically the live service. Um, as a good example, as we talked about the last two weeks, Gran Turismo seven, it's sitting now at the lowest, it's the lowest rated, uh, critic or sorry, user scored PlayStation exclusive of all time. And it just kind of shows Sony doesn't know what the hell to do with a live service game. And I'm not, you know, again, I'm not just saying like, they're the only ones, uh, you know what? I think I just read last week or the week before that, Halo Infinite's lost like 95% of its player base uh, on Steam accounts, at least. And so I'm not saying that they're the only one that's failing live service. It feels like the majority of live service fails. But it's just, I don't, you know, they keep toting about this number of like, we have over 10 live service games planned in the future. I'm like, okay, but like, so far it hasn't been looking great. And it's actually quite predatory when you're paying $40 for a fake car, one fake car. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, hopefully they're correct. Hopefully they see 
that this is more than like we can tell that it is and um I don't know what else to say, so I'll just, you know, floor is yours, Chris. Yeah, no, I don't have much to say about this because, like like you said, like th- there's too much that's unknown by us as the public. There's so much stuff behind the scenes. I- I'll be honest, I had thought in the background that, because there was, I think, talks. We had some read some articles in the past that they were dealing with PlayStation and Sony on a lot of different things. So I was already had this urge in the back of my mind that PlayStation might acquire them them doing it before they even release a game is definitely a surprise. I mean, unless they think this game is going to be like such a banger that it's going to, the company's going to explode because of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that's where they're getting their information from, I guess, but it's hard to say from our perspective for sure. Uh, as far as the talent the team has, I can't speak to it that much. I haven't heard, I don't typically recognize a lot of industry names yet. So I don't know who all they brought on other than Jade uh, to, to, to work on this project. So hopefully there's a good, there is a good team like they say. Um, yeah. I know, I think we have talked about in the past of some of the people that joined her team, but yeah, it's and left. And, and left. Yeah. Already. So it's, I don't know the, the vision of the company, I guess is still in the works for sure. But yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. weird. I can remember us talking about this company being, existing on our podcast not yeah. that long ago it feels like and nope, not that long ago at all. i guess ho- hopefully we'll still be around <laughs> when <laughs> that, <laughs> they actually release their first game but uh yeah like it's i'm curious it's it, it's a weird one because like i said like you're buying a company based on information that obviously we don't know about well based off pre-production yeah you know? it's like, pre-production that yeah. concerns me the most it's like you're buying it based Storyboards. off like, <laughs> uh, an idea written. Yeah, like basically a concept written on a piece of paper. Like that just seems a little. I mean, I guess the movie industry does the same. They just buy scripts and they're like, yeah, we can make this work. Yeah. So, so whenever has I that guess, experience. <laughs> that's true. So, anyway, we're going to move on to our last article, the biggest, I would argue, article of the week. And that is PlayStation will reportedly reveal Spartacus subscription service as soon as next week. This one comes from IGN, and I guess I'll note here I picked IGN because I don't know where they're getting their information, and I'm a little confused, and we will talk about that more, but I picked them just because it seems like they slipped in their own information, and I don't know if that means they clarified this information. They've heard more rumors that maybe other people haven't, but anyway, we're just going to get into it. PlayStation could unveil its upcoming subscription service as early as next week. Bloomberg reports that PlayStation's Xbox Game Pass competitor will be will get a proper unveiling soon. The site previously reported that PlayStation was working on a similar service under the codename Spartacus. There are reportedly plans to offer multiple tiers of the service, which each tier offering more options to go along with the higher price point. The first tier will include the same benefits as PlayStation Plus, including online play and free monthly games. The more expensive tiers will grow in access to a gaming library similar to Game Pass, with while a third, most expensive tier, will include PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games into the library. The most expensive tier will also include the ability to stream games and play extended demos. One area where PlayStation is not following Game Pass is releasing new first-party games on day one. According to sources, games like God of War Ragnarok will not be available on the service right away. So, Chris, you know, and I summarized pretty well. I think we get all the information we need out of that. I think this is the biggest story by far of this week. I'm very excited. Now, what I was you know, speaking about before is the IGN thing. Now, all the other articles that me and you have sourced uh, and why we land on IGN's version of the article is basically IGN seems to be the only one that brings up PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games as some kind of accessible library if you get the most expensive tier. No one else is talking about that. Even Jason Schreier's post itself, or the original article, had nothing about this. So I don't know where IGN got that from. And it's concerning, but also I'm hoping that they accidentally slip some things that they've heard in rumors. And I'm just going to be optimistic for once and hope that's true. Um, I'm, again, I, I have to prepare myself mentally for it to not be true, obviously, because they're the only ones saying uh, that backwards compatibility uh, accessibility. But here we go. Like, honestly... My interpretation, if this is true, if IGN's version of this is true, this is the way to do it. This is the way to win. I think you're going to save first-party exclusives. 
uh, from, you know, losing budgets, losing money for the company, not feeling like there's any level of success because of the Game Pass subscription services uh, basically making them feel like they're not valuable. And it's going to save the budgets for these games because when they make money, like Hand Over Fist, like Last of Us, God of War, any of these games, Spider-Man, uh, then they reinvest a- into those budgets. And we're, you know, I just feel like this is a great answer. And at the same time, it gets people like me that are anti-subscription service, at least for gaming, uh, to actually look at this and be like, well, yeah, if you had PS1, PS2, PS3, PSP games, I'm absolutely down. Like, you've already sold me 100%. And that's how I think they could actually... And it wouldn't be a one-on-one competition between Game Pass and Sony, for sure. And some people might still prefer Microsoft's because they're getting the the new games for free day one. I absolutely understand that. But for me, I mean, look at Sony's back catalog. If we start getting access to that, Microsoft can't compete in that level. No. Microsoft has no, you know, back catalog. You know, I know you can go back and play Knights of the Old Republic, stuff like that. But like, really, when you go back in their back catalog, there's like maybe a handful of games. But there's also a lot of stink. And, you know, I mean, let alone, let's just bring up the 360, uh, sorry, the Xbox One era. There's like, what, two games people want to play there? They didn't release anything that whole generation. So when Sony can go back that far, including PSP games, like there's, uh, I can't, it was like a button. I, I used to play it when we worked uh, together like, like the years DJ ago. Like the Max games or, or yes. what are they called? And I'm like, if they bring yeah. that up, like right there, you already won me. Already, <laughs> I'm subscribed. Like this could be amazing. And again, I'm trying to hold myself back. I'm trying to hold myself back in case IGN's wrong. And they just weirdly put that in the article for no reason that I can find. But, oh, my God, like, this could be it, man. Chris, 100%, this could be it if they do it this way. If it's any other way, though, I could also see it completely backfire. Yeah. It, the, the, the hard part for us, I think, is the fact that the way IGN puts it is almost as if it's fact. Like, th- this is true story. This is, this is how IGN's presenting it, where everything that we've mm. seen in the past was, like, alluding to this, but there's never a confirmation. The way they're saying it, it's like, yes, this is for sure. This is what's happening. And they're mm-hmm. referring to Jason's article, which does not talk about that, like you say. Really, the only news that comes from this is that we're probably going to get an announcement this week that talks about what this, is t- this service is going to be, what the changes are, and yeah. what, what's going to be available. So our hype is high because IGN is confusing us, and they're almost talking as if it's fact. And we don't know that it's fact because the source that they're telling us it's from doesn't even talk about it. So yeah. that, that's where the confusion part is. So if you want to look at it in a negative way, well, not even negative, but in the basic way is we're going to find out this week what the story is. If you want to look at it in a super positive way or a hype way that we're going to be able to get this back catalog of games. So I'm excited. Yeah. I would be 100% sign me up for the tier three uh, or whatever it's called, whatever they want to call it. I, I want that access to the back catalog. What's going to be in there? That like, can are they going to be able to put everything in there? Is it everything that you can yeah. currently access on the PlayStation Network? Are are those is that what's going to be in the catalog? I, I'm super excited to see what this is going to be because, like, hands down, just being able to access all that content. God, like, there's old games that I, you know, there's there's those old games you played in the past that was like. They, they made an impression on you, but you never maybe owned the game or you borrowed it from a friend and you want to go back to play it or something. And it's like, if you now have that option to like find those, those hidden gems in the past, like there was some good stuff on the PSP as well that like, it's just because it was handheld and it's locked down to specifically that market of mobile gaming. I, I imagine now being able to play those on your PlayStation five. Like that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. Now, I don't know if that also means that's that's the case or if you just you'll have access to those games on your Vita, but I don't think so because they've stopped supporting the Vita now too, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's super exciting if this is 100% factual, but I question IGN on what their source is. <laughs> yeah, and I guess the other thing that you brought up that also concerns me is like I I just can't foresee a future where we get the entire back yeah, catalog. So then I'm like is it going to be a little like Nintendo's from my understanding? You know, it rotates. Uh, and even Game Pass does the same thing. 
games can come, games can go. And even that, I'm fine with as long as you keep some of the bangers. Like if you if they have their exclusive stay all time from the back catalog, that's still good oh, enough God, to keep yeah. me signed up. God, yeah. So you know that's my thing. I'm just like it. it yeah, I guess it's it's multifaceted, and we're just gonna have to see how it all lands. And hopefully, like Chris brought up, like this is true. Hopefully, there is a reveal this week. Like I I hope it's true. I'm a little perplexed because then it's like you know Sony goes from being so quiet to. You know, we had a state of play one week, and then the next week we had Hogwarts state of play, and now we'd have this the third week. Like, it's just a lot from Sony after they've shown us for the last two years, like, how quiet they can be. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. Like, fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I guess hopefully by the next time you hear the next episode, we'll know more, and then we can uh, talk about if we're happy, sad, or confused, or all the and above. our source will actually be Sony. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we're going to move on because we've spent enough time here. Uh, we're going to go to review roundup. So this week we have the ascent on PS five critic score 78, three positive, one mix, zero negative. Uh, not even sure much about this. I don't know much about this game anyway. So there you go. If you're interested, look it up next is Chris's game. Ghostwire Tokyo PS five critic score 75 sitting with 65 positive 36 mixed one negative user score is sitting at an eight with 231 ratings. Uh, yeah, this one's definitely a mixed bag. Uh, more, the sources I trust the most, um, VGC, like sometimes IGN is very dependent on who's doing it. Uh, you know, I think we got uh push square in there and, uh, can't remember the other one, but most of them were lower of the scores and I kind of believe them more. So I'm thinking this game's kind of like what I thought it would be, which is somewhere between like a five and a seven, depending on your preference. The one positive that I would pull out of it though, is like. At least it's getting a lot of ratings, like 65, 36, 1, and then 231 ratings on the user score. It, I find those yeah. numbers pretty good with how many people who are reviewing it. I will say, though, there's a lot of shenanigans in that one. If, if anyone goes to the Metacritic and look, there's way too many like no-name brands being like 100%, 100%. And I'm like, dude, even Elden Ring's not 100%. Like, you know, pump the brakes. Mm. Pump the brakes. Like, there's way too many 100%s on that one. I'm like, I don't care what game it is. It's just like, okay, man. Like, and I get from certain games, like if you're talking about Breath of the Wild, there's a lot of nostalgia. I would even say from software suffers from it because most of the reviewers are clearly fans of the series. But I'm like this one, I'm like, okay, like whatever, cool. Um, but you're right. Like I'd say the trusted sources are still more positive yeah, than negative. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last one's Tiny Teenies Wonderland. I don't know why there's no PS5 review score yet, but for PC, I got it. Critic score 80, 49 positive, 12 mix, zero negative. Uh, though the user score is not quite as high, 5.3, 42 ratings. I'm not too sure why so many people are upset. I didn't even bother to look. Uh, me and you, Chris, I don't think we have any interest in Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Yeah. We're not Borderlands people, so there's nothing against. I'm not criticizing anyone. It's just it's not our interest. But anyway, now we move on to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time to talk about everything that happened this week, so we just give you the article names where you can find those articles. You go educate yourselves. Everyone wins. Netflix reveals tech and bloodline anime first trailer or teaser trailer release. This one comes from Game Informer. Uh, what can I say? If you like Tekken, you might like this. Netflix buys mobile developer Boss Fight Entertainment. This one comes from Game Informer. Looks like Netflix is real serious about cornering that mobile market. Tango Gameworks working on a completely new title that is the complete opposite of horror. This one comes from Game Informer. And look forward to that on your Xbox because, uh, you know, Xbox owns them now. EA has reportedly greenlit decision to rename FIFA EA Sports Football Club. This one comes from VGC. And, you know, as much as I like to make fun of EA, yeah, great. Like, I'm super happy you're not going to pay that egregious price that FIFA wanted to use its name. So go do it. Make millions of dollars and uh, tell FIFA to suck it. Next, Battlefield enters pre-production. Valuable lessons were learned from Battlefield 2042. This one comes from Game Informer. I call bullshit. They haven't learned lessons from the past three games. Grow screw yourself. Yeah, you're full of shit. And I will add on that, that Chris is absolutely right. And it is ridiculous that you're already working on your next Battlefield when you left a broken turd on everyone's lap. This is like, how do you even claim you learned anything if you're already going to move on to the next thing? We've seen this time and time again. When companies do this, it traditionally means that they're not going to actually fix the original problem. So anyone that's bought in, if you're listening to us, that you bought in Battlefield 2042, I'm sorry. I don't think you're ever going to get a final product. Enjoy that one game mode where you can make your own custom games because that's all you're getting from that one. Touche. 
Ubisoft is reportedly making a new Prince of Persia game inspired by Ori. This one comes from VGC. Gran Turismo 7 PS5 PS4 user score is the lowest in PlayStation exclusive history. This one comes from Push Square. And I think we know some of the reasons as to why that is. I'm confused. Gran Turismo <laughs> 7 is putting credit payouts back up again following player backlash. This is also coming from VGC. Um, not much to say about that one. Just they're trying to bounce back some of their mistakes. I think it's too little too late. And uh, the fact that they're still charging egregious prices for purchasing a car is them just trying to paint over the issue and move on. Yeah, they don't want to actually lower the price of microtransactions. They're just going to make it less well, I guess feel less force, but you're right, Chris. I don't. I don't yeah, think instead it's of uh, two thousand races to buy one car, you'll have to do a thousand. Congrats. Yeah, and I, I should note uh, we didn't talk about it on the show, but uh, if you're interested, if you use Remote Play on your PC with the game, somebody out there has made a script so it will just auto race your car and grind currency for you. Because if they're going to be predatory, then uh, I say why not cheat and just get currency on your own way. So anyway, that's it for the show. Thank you guys for joining us again. Thank you for giving us your time. It's your most valuable currency. We appreciate it. It humbles us. And until next Monday, when you get the next episode, we have to say goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye.